welcome to the Center in the Saint. I'm Melissa Bell. And I'm Allison Kane. Oh my gosh, we had this like little stint of warm weather. It's great. I know. It makes me want to move to Hawaii even more because you know Hawaii has the perfect weather all year round. Yeah, and volcanoes. Yeah, and then milk costs like a million dollars. Yeah, I. Mm. Maybe I, I usually want to visit because Dog the Bounty Hunter hangs out there, right? <laughs> <laughs> Does he really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, but then I'm like, uh, as the more I watch Dog the Bounty Hunter, he's kind of like ruined my taste for Hawaii. And then my son and I watched Alaska PD ruin my taste for Alaska, unless I'm just going to hang out with Bob Goff in Alaska. Is he in Alaska? He does have an Alaska um, home. Oh, okay. I learned so many things in this podcast. <laughs> Are you impressed that I know who Dog the Bounty Hunter is, though? Uh, I would assume it's from knowing me. (laughs) (laughs) I think I knew him even before. But I also think I missed my calling. Because Bill and I, how funny would that show be? I'm I'm telling you, it would be funny. (laughs) It would be great. Yeah, they should call y'all. I'm too old. My hips hurt. Anyways, what are we talking about? Speaking of confrontation, (laughs) dog the bounty hunter. (laughs) Gosh, he's great. Oh... Yeah, sorry, I just had this visual of Dog the Bounty Hunter in my head with this. Doesn't he have dogs? Like, mean dogs? No. Oh. Maybe you don't know who Dog the Bounty Hunter is. I do. I can see him. <laughs> he has long hair, right? Yeah. And, yeah. He anyway. doesn't ever wear, like, enough shirt. But other than that. Yeah. Probably because he's in Hawaii. Well, anyway, back to Second Corinthians. <laughs> back to Second Corinthians like we were there. Okay. <laughs> yeah, like we were even there. I was in... Um, verse 2 like verse or chapter 2 verses 14 through 17 and it it just had this um talk about fragrance like about us through us he brings knowledge of Christ everywhere we go people breathe in the exquisite fragrance because of Christ we give off a sweet scent rising to God which is recognized by those on the way of salvation that was so such a beautiful image to me, but then it went on. But those on the way to destruction treat us more like the stench from a rotting corpse. You ever feel like somebody's treating you that way? I do. I'm sure there are a lot of people in the world right now, actually, who do as well with everything going on. I'm trying not to jump in because I want you to finish that okay. reading, but I went somewhere else with that. Okay. This is a terrific responsibility. Is anyone competent to take it on? No. But at least we don't take God's word, water it down, and then take it to the streets to sell it cheap. Wow. We stand in Christ's presence when we speak. God looks us in the face. We get to we get what we say straight from God and say it as honestly as we can. That last part is what struck me too. We get what we say straight from God and say it as honestly as we can. And I was just thinking about when we know we're getting something from God and that it is of God, how much more confident we are and bold we can be and honest to share it with someone versus our own opinion. It Well, some people are, well, just depends on your heart. <laughs> right. So... Th- I went a couple places. First of all, you said people take us in like a nice fragrance. Mm-hmm. But then I think sometimes there are people walking among us that um, 
think that they have the right fragrance, but they're stinky. <gasps> that because their hearts aren't in the right place. Right. Because they actually aren't getting it straight from God. And then also I was thinking sometimes, all, all the time, lots of times, we're all in a different place on our walk with our relationship with God, with the depth of our relationship, with the depth of our knowledge. And so sometimes we can eagerly and excitedly share something that God has, you know, revealed to us and it falls flat mm-hmm. with the person that we're delivering it to. And then we might kind of like retreat a little bit and not share that truth anymore. But we're not responsible for the condition of the heart that we just shared that with. Even if we just did it in a conversation, we weren't trying to like, you know, oh, and God told me this. And so you should do this. But we're just excited to share that. Have you ever been there? Yeah. Like Mm -hmm. you had something so fun happen today. I was walking and I found a dime on the road. I know that's so silly. Y'all. I ran back and grabbed the dime. I'm like, oh my gosh, a dime. I think inflation, like before it was a penny, but now it's a dime for me. <laughs> <laughs> but that was just it. for me because no one else is going to understand that. Oh, I love it. Well, today I almost stopped. Mine wasn't, I like big paper clips. For some reason, <laughs> the big paper clips yes. just make me really happy. The little ones are cute too, but the big ones are just, you can, I like paper so you can fit more paper in them. And I was on a walk with a friend this morning and I almost stopped to pick up a big paper clip off the ground and I didn't because I thought she will think that is so weird. I would have stopped and then told her a story about it. <laughs> and she would have been fine with it. But we were walking and talking. Um, well, these scriptures, really when you dig down into it, they're... They're talking about two things that the church can get really wrong. And church means us, people. Thank you. I was like, can you tell me what you mean yeah. by church? Okay. As, as people, as Christians, as the big C, we can get a little stinky when we don't. There are two things. So one is being lenient when someone makes a mistake and not correcting them or calling them out. So we can get caught up in just being too... Passive. Right. Mm -hmm. And the second thing is being too harsh and unforgiving to those as well. So somewhere in the middle of that is where we're called to be. But we have to be looking God in the face and getting it straight from God to know and to do it correctly. So I thought... We should look at this delicate balance today and talk about confrontation with someone versus bringing comfort to someone. This is great because I'm an expert at confrontation and you're an expert at comfort. (laughs) So we might find a happy medium. We might. Maybe that's why we're a good team. Yeah. Okay. All right. So let's start with confrontation. Yeah. All right. First of all, when we confront someone, it should be motivated by God. Okay. What, let's break that down. Motivated by God means a couple of things that scripturally it -hmm. is very clear that what they're doing is wrong. Okay. And second, that God has called you or you have been in prayer with him and he has illuminated the fact that you should confront them continuously he's gonna do that it's not just for the love of god will someone just tell them fine i'll tell them exactly (laughs) 
it's not that right it is it is so different and oftentimes we don't go into confrontation like that like the right way the biblical way but also if you're doing it biblically a lot of times for you it's so uncomfortable yes great point like i don't want to go say it do i have to say it because like sinner melissa wants to go say it but you know melissa doing it with god and in the way god's called me to it's way more fun to just chop them off at the knees and run right and that is an excellent excellent litmus test for whether you're in god's aligned with god's um, movement in this confrontation usually he is putting you in that place and you don't want to be there if you want to be there and you're all flustered up and you're like heck yeah man boat up Uh uh-huh out of anger or like what are your motivations stop for a moment and they have to be motivated or they i mean you're gonna do what you're gonna do right we all do but our motivation should be by god and by loving this other person right yeah your motivation can't be i can't wait to tell them about themselves right it's out of love love of god love of wanting to stay in alignment with his word to follow his way and trying to love even if it's really difficult love this person the way he loves them yes that's tricky right so the other thing about confrontation is we really need to pick the right time and place yeah that's when you know you're doing it right Like, you don't want to be sitting in your small group setting or at dinner with friends and just call this person out. Oh, gosh. In the middle, in front of everybody. You know? Y'all, if you ever do that and I'm in that group, I might just stand up and throat punch you. (laughs) Oh, there you go. At least she's not going to taser you. Actually, you might prefer the taser. (laughs) Yeah, you probably would want want the taser. (laughs) I just, that is... mm. I mean, that also speaks to your motivation yes because if you're doing that you aren't motivated by god and the love of that person um that you should have your motivation is shaming someone embarrassing someone public humiliation right and that that is not you know if you're in a small group setting where you're openly talking about this situation that might be a different thing where this person is brought up something and you're all speaking truth together and they've invited everyone into the conversation totally different scenario yep but still try to be honoring um and in communication with the lord at that time what is okay for me to say now not everything maybe should be said then if Uh at all and you might circle back with that person if the lord leads you to and the third thing about confrontation is Please don't go in with expectations. I mean, I am so... I have to really practice self-control with this. You mean of what they're going to do in response because you already have the best plan for their life and hopefully they're going to get in line with it? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I I will go in and, you know, I'm such a positive person. It's like, I'm going to share this truth. And, um, well, sometimes I just expect that they're going to punch me in the face or, you know, that they'll never talk to me again. And that can get in the way of doing it, right? <laughs> Sometimes like in front, hoping they will never talk to me yeah. again. What? Um, <laughs> so that can hinder us, that expectation and fear. And then the expectation of like, oh, this is going to be 
great, I'm following what God said and I'm going to do this and they're going to respond and their life is going to turn around just like that and everything's going to be great for them. It's not going to be messy at all. Right. And that's just not reality. Yeah. But even if it does, their, their reaction and response has nothing to do with your obedience in the moment of God calling you to confront them in a loving way to call them out. Where do you think Don't Kill the Messenger came from? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Good one. Don't shoot the messenger. We can't use it as an excuse. And we can't use it when I say that. I mean, not in that situation or in future situations. Because we can often let the enemy sneak in and we can say to ourselves, well, I tried to tell the truth to that other friend that time, like the Lord told me to, and she never talked to me again, or it didn't help her. She ended up doing this anyway. So I'm not even going to say anything to anybody anymore. Right. Okay. Don't be the martyr. Just listen to God and keep, we don't know what God is doing with that. Right. And we aren't the end all be all. And just like when people are coming into the faith, Mm-hmm. We don't often just get to, you know, pray somebody into being a believer, but we have, you know, we have been along the path and thrown a little fertilizer, a little water, a little sunshine that gradually leads them to that. Right. It's the same in this kind of situation too. Yeah. And, you know, when I've been in the some of the toughest situations, I'm sitting in the moment and I'm speaking slowly and I'm just asking God, give me the word. Give me the word. I'm not relying on my notes. I'll normally come with a couple bullets I want to cover, but you just want God to give you the words because like if we're using my words, let's be honest, they're going to sound a little bit more like a hard rap song. (laughs) (laughs) And that, that go like my breath prayer when I'm in a situation, whether I know it's coming or not, not me, but you God, not me, but you, not me, but you, not me, but you like, what do you want me to say? What do you want? I don't want to say anything until you tell me what to say, Uh-huh. Yep. you know, and I'm just thinking that constantly in my head, hopefully not more than I'm listening to the person, but he can do that too. <laughs> and also you guys, we're going to mess up when you yes. are called to confront, we're just failed human beings. So we're, we might have to turn around, and apologize. And that's okay. Not apologize for the words that we said, but maybe apologize for something in the conversation that happened. You know, I'm really sorry if that made you uncomfortable. I tried really hard to say it the best I knew how, and I, my intention was never to make you feel this, but just to make sure you understood this. Because I love you. That's right. Yeah. And I want the best for you. I mean, what would you say to your kids, right? And sometimes that's what, we're all God's kids. Yeah. And he's calling us. And I know that he's had people step in to my life and do that. And it, uh, you know, it makes you angry. Even, even if I were like when someone has confronted me about something in the past, like I can get fluffed up. Like, I don't really want to hear the truth. Yeah. Uh, The truth is not always fun to recognize and to hear, but later I end up going back and saying, I'm sorry. I responded that way. Yeah. (laughs) I was really angry when you said that you were right. Yeah. And um, that made me angry. Mm. Um, so let's move on to comfort. This is your area. Do well, it. <laughs> here's one thing. Comfort is great. Comforting others. Um, that does come naturally to me. I'm an encourager. Um, but sometimes I think that we choose to comfort out of fear of confrontation. And that 
is not what we should ever do. Right. I I don't have that problem. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I mean, I'm sure I do somewhere, but no, that's normally not my go-to. Yes, that's right. I think, yes, it depends on your personality. I think a lot of, it depends on how close you are to someone too. Yes. It can be really hard to confront those that are closest to us. Um, but we can't choose comfort out of fear of confrontation. And coming alongside someone and not saying anything is comfort. What do they say? Saying nothing is saying a lot or... Yes. Your silence says a lot, something like that. It, it speaks volumes. I mean, you think about... Even when somebody's made you angry, like if someone says something and you just look at them in silence, that, that speaks volumes. Right? Yeah. Silence can speak volumes, especially with some eyeballs glaring. <laughs> right? Um, and it's the same about comfort. There are, we write those cards to people like there are no words, and there's no, because there aren't words. Uh, but sometimes we can't physically be there. But, you know, we've mentioned this before. I mean, Job, in the book of Job, like he, bless his heart, he had terrible, I mean, every single thing was taken away from him. Kids are murdered. It's his animals are all, I mean, boils, everything. And his friends came, and for seven days, dude, they got it right. Can you imagine being quiet for seven days? I can't be quiet for seven minutes. <laughs> I mean, they just sat with him. Yes. In his misery, they just were with him. Yeah. In all the mess. And then they totally screwed it up. They opened their mouths. You know why? The enemy is like, all right. Okay, you've been quiet long enough. Now let them know everything. Yeah. <laughs> and for seven days, they didn't. But you, you wonder, did they, like, go off to the side and, like, make a game plan and gossip about it a little bit and, like, get all puffed up together and come like an angry mob? Or did one just break? You know, we get uncomfortable in the silence. And we get tired. We don't get tired. We want people to feel better. And that's when we start using our words. We try to make it better. And that's what they started to do. It's like, okay, this isn't getting better. This is really uncomfortable. Okay, this must be your fault, man. You need to repent. You need, you need to figure say, out what's going on. If they want to make them feel better, those words were not it. Yeah, exactly. And they start throwing out these useless platitudes, right? Like all these cliches, like we do the Christianese or, you know, whatever it is to try to make him feel better or just to feel like they're doing something because the sitting there and being in the comforting situation in the silence wasn't enough anymore. Their humanness, they didn't, they lost their self-control. Right. Like we talked about <laughs> last week. Well, you know, or is out of desperation? Like, is there any sin? What about the, you know, that gambling thing you got going on? Have you fixed that? Yeah. Uh, let's, did you, <laughs> let's dig through that. Did you? Did you? Like, have you been looking at naked women on yeah. Instagram? Did you use God's name in vain? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, let's just, what about your kids? You know? What What do they do? Something must be going on. You, you had to pay a penance for something. So they flipped from comfort to confrontation, if you look at this, but their confrontation was not in line or motivated by God or their love for them. It was motivated by their uncomfort or discomfort, <laughs> uncomfort. I don't think that's a word. I like to make them up, though. Their discomfort in the sitting and the quiet. And we have to practice that. And that takes self-control. Oh, gosh. I'm not good at that. Ooh. On another note, have you ever had anyone say, like, I feel like Job? Yeah. And I'm like, 
back and read that book and come back and talk later. <laughs> yeah. I mean, my brother had it hard. Yeah. I mean. Um, but you know what it says in Job? And God bless the second half of his life more than the first. And it's like, oh, there's the hope. My son showed me that. Mm-hmm. That one line. He said, this yeah. is my favorite line in the whole Bible, Mama. Mm, that's really sweet. Yeah. Because he circled back to God. And, you know, he got it all out, did all the thing. Anyway, that's a whole nother podcast. We I mean, Job did a good up. job. Job did a great job. His friends, not so much. We should talk about him next week. But that is why this is so important. This is where we can really stink it up, people. Uh, because we aren't balancing these two things that we are called to do. The comforting and the confrontation. And that delicate balance. But... God, the Holy Spirit has to be in the middle of that. And so bringing him into that situation and being willing to follow him obediently into whichever one that is and sticking to it. Oh, gosh, you guys. Here's to hard conversations. If you have any coming up, sit with God first. Say your safe word from last week. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Find your safe word. Go, go back and listen to last week. If you got if the Lord is like... Convicting you, like, it's time for this confrontational conversation. Go back and listen to last week first. And you know what? Really quickly. If you're supposed to have a conversation, God's going to wait for you to have it. It's just going to get worse and worse and harder and heavier. And just pile on all the stuff that you have to sift through. So just pull the plug. Just, yeah, just be obedient and go do it. And he will show up if you follow his lead. I can promise you that. He does. He'll provide a time. The perfect conversation space and time and opportunity if you just go along with it. That's right. All right. Sorry. This is a tough one, ladies. Um, but thanks for joining us this week on The Center and the Saint.